Hey guys, welcome to our online message. This series is called Courageous Hearts, which talks about pursuing the call of God and how the gospel has such an impact on our communities. Hope you guys enjoy. Yes, Father, we thank you for this call to be strong and courageous. Lord, not by the power of our own strength, not by our might, but by your spirit, your spirit that is here, that dwells within us. Father, it is because of that that we can be strong and courageous. So Father, we thank you that you are here, that you sent your son to remove any gap, any separation between yourself and us that this morning we can truly be strong and courageous because you are with us, you are in us. You have plans and purposes for each and every one of us and for our gathering this morning. So Father, we just pray, come and have your way. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Well, I thought seeing that it's uh, Sunday fun day today and uh, you would have seen as you came in in the car park, the kids are all out there having fun and uh, doing different stuff and that's why we call it Sunday fun day. We want to make it a, a great family day. But I thought if it's, if it's all right with you that we might have a little bit of fun in here. Is that, is that all right with some of you? Yeah. So I remember being a kid, one of the uh, fun things uh, to do uh, was... Uh, go to the, to the drive-in. You can't do it anymore, um, but my nana used to, used to live here in Murray Bridge, and so although I grew up in the, in the Adelaide Hills, we would come here, visit my nana, and then we would uh, go to the drive-in at night. And because um, there was six of us, we had to like pack into the, into the one car, um, but uh, we didn't have enough money for movie popcorn and, and choc tops, um, you know, and maybe some of you still don't have enough money. Like, what does it cost to get, like, movie popcorn and a choc top? Is it, like, $67 or something? I don't know how much it is. A lot of money to get that. So, like, my mum, she would um, spend the uh, sort of the morning uh, making sandwiches for us all. Then she'd put them into a Tupperware container, and then we would uh, rock up to the drive-in with our our uh, Tupperware container full of sandwiches, or sometimes uh, my nana uh, used to make pasty slice. I've never ever seen or heard of anyone else ever making pasty. Does anyone know what pasty slice is? Yeah, I see some hands. Okay. Well, we used to have, the only time that we used to get pasty slice was when we would go to the, to the drive-in here at Murray Bridge after visiting my nana. And sometimes, if it was an amazing, if it was the most fun day ever... Sometimes we would uh, stop off at Bilo uh, here in Murray Bridge and uh, mum would buy us a packet of fantails. And so like I thought, I've got a packet of, of fantails here but because again there was six of us and she didn't just want them all like gone in five seconds flat, we used to play this game and I don't know if you would play it but y you know... I don't know if the young people have seen Fantas before, but they have like descriptions of actors and, and movies and stuff on them. And so one person would start and they would read out and we would all have to guess. And only if you guessed right uh, would you get 
the next fan tale, and then you would have to read out what was on, written on your wrapper. Okay, so uh, that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, but seeing that you're adults, I had to make it a little bit harder. So I've got really badly described movies that you're going to have to guess in order to, to get your chocolate. Okay, so the first kind of movie description that we have, uh, so I'm looking for the person that's going to call out, uh, a group spends nine hours returning jewellery. He didn't, I don't know if you heard it, Lord of the Rings. A group spends nine hours returning jewellery. Okay, next one. Everyone tries the ice bucket challenge. Titanic. Everybody tries the ice bucket challenge. There they are in the, in the icy water. Okay, bit of a controversial photo there. Rose really wasn't trying the ice bucket challenge. She left it to, she left it to Jack to do. Okay, next one. Depressed widowed father teams up with mentally challenged woman to find his disabled son. <laughs> Finding Nemo it was. You guys, are, you guys are good at this. You guys are really good at this. All right. Next one. A guy alone in a forest kisses a dead, body's, dead body while seven guys... Were. I don't know. I heard, I heard Montana... You can have one. I don't know who else said it. Snow White was the... Yes. All right. What about this one? Beautiful princess gets catfished. Some of the old people... Who, who was... What did you say? Beauty and the Beast. No, not Beauty and the Beast. No, not Shrek. Beautiful princess... Gets catfished. Some of your older people... Holly got it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mel. You can have... <laughs> yes. Beauty... Uh, sorry, what was that one? Yeah, Aladdin. If we can go to the next one. Some of the older people in the room don't know what catfished is. That's okay. You don't have to know what that is. That's, that's fine. Okay. Next one. A talking frog convinces a son to kill his father. Star Wars. <laughs> Chris has got two, so you have to... Okay. A young girl, after talking to furniture, decides to marry her kidnapper. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? Was that Anna? Oh, Annalise again. We, we need to spread these around, you guys. You guys, are, you guys are too fast with these things. All right. Uh, next one. After the death of her parents, a young woman causes millions of dollars in property damage. Frozen. <laughs> it is frozen. All right. An orphan girl runs away, kills the first person she meets, then teams up with three strangers to kill again. The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. And although that was a very bad description of that movie, and it sounds far from biblical when you describe it in that context, I do actually want to talk about The Wizard of Oz today as we conclude our Courageous Hearts series. 
So, that's why I have on my red shoes and my checkered shirt, because I, like, when you came in, who thought, it's, it's Dorothy up on the stage? Did you, did you think that? <laughs> did you think that straight away? Yeah. I know some of you thought that. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, I'm going to be Dorothy, and uh, some of you get to be uh, the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion, and maybe as we go through, it might become clearer to you which one of those uh, you are. Because like Tash was talking about two weeks ago, when I sit down and relax on the couch or go to the cinema or when I used to go to the drive-in, I would feel like I can be strong and courageous. When I'm watching strong and courageous things up on the screen, I feel like, yeah, like that's, that's me. Like, I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> when I'm watching him and like, you know, he says, you know, my mission is to protect you. My mission, Belinda, is to protect you. Come with me if you want to live. That, like, that kind of, like when he says that, I kind of feel, yeah, that, that, that's me. <laughs> or like when I listen to Mel Gibson when he's being William Wallace. And he says, men don't follow titles, they follow courage. I think, that's me. <laughs> that, that's exactly me. Or when Rocky Balboa says, it's not how hard you get hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I think, that, that's me. <laughs> when I'm sitting in the comfort of the chair, but then kind of when I have to get up from the comfort of the chair with the popcorn and the chock top and the fantails, and I have to go out into the real world, I kind of feel more sometimes like the cowardly lion, like the scarecrow, like the tin man. Then sometimes we come to church and we get told, well, you've got... God on your side. You've got this thing called faith. It should be easy for us to be strong and courageous, to have a courageous heart to our expectations. Not only the expectations that we place upon ourselves, but also the expectations that others place on us too. And so just like the scarecrow, we get stuck in our situation. Just like the Tin Man, we, we're frozen in fear. Just like the lion, we uh, want to hide away from making decisions from the things of the world. And so we react the same way that they did, even when we come to church and we hear these different things, because we think, well, what if I do get the courage to be strong and courageous. Like, what if I get it wrong? What if I step out in courage, but I fall flat on my face? We kind of want to be in that place of, of hiding, hiding away from the world, hiding away from what God is calling us to. I don't know if I'm making sense to anyone, if anyone can relate. And in that 
story of the Wizard of Oz with those three different characters. One of the characters, he wants to know more. And so he sings, If I only had a brain. One of the characters wants to feel more. And so he sings, If I only had a heart. And one of the characters wants to be more. And so he sings, If I only had the nerve. And it's sometimes the fact that they're singing these songs about themselves that's actually the reason that they stay stuck, that they stay immobile and sitting on the sidelines of life. But we can kind of do the same thing. See, all three of those songs were to the same tune, it's just that the lyrics were changed. And I think that we all have a song that we sing over ourselves, about ourselves. And I may not know the specific lyrics of your song, but you know it. Because you've sung it ever since you were four. You've sung it ever since he said that or she did that. And it just sings over and over and over again. And I may not know the exact lyrics to your song, but I know the tune. Because... At times, I've lived my life to that tune as well. Where we think, I don't know enough. I don't feel enough. I'm just not enough. So what's your song? I am just a disappointment. I am nothing but a failure. I am and will always be unlovable. We all have a song. And it's hard to recognize the voice of God. And it's hard to have courageous hearts and be strong and courageous and be everything that we sing about here. Because while we're singing this song up here, there's this other song that's kind of going on. And we sing it so often and we sing it so loud that it drowns out whatever is being said just for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. But then Dorothy comes along and gives them hope that things can change. And although they kind of keep singing their song for a little while, as they start to to walk along the road, the hope of change actually gets them to move. So off along the yellow brick road, they go. And so we can come along here and listen to messages on a Sunday morning and be filled with hope to go out into the world for another week. But then finally, in the movie, they come to this place called the the Emerald City. And they come face to face with this guy, Oz, who they'd all been searching for, the fulfiller of all their hopes, or so they thought. But when the curtain is pulled back, 
they realize that this guy Oz doesn't actually have a magic fix. And that they didn't actually need a magic fix in the first place because they had everything that they needed the whole time. And by not standing on the sidelines, they proved that. So the main problem was just that they were singing the wrong song. And here is kind of where this analogy breaks down in our, in our Christian walk. Because Jesus is nothing like Oz. He's not less impressive when we actually see him face to face. He's so much more. And sometimes we can be scared about coming up to that, to that curtain because we don't want to be disappointed. And so we can keep our distance from God and the things of God and we can say, well, I won't get too involved at church and I, I, I won't come to, I won't share my faith in this way because I've never seen behind the curtain and I kind of don't want to in case I'm disappointed. But Jesus is more impressive, more beautiful, more wonderful the carrier of hope, true hope, lasting hope, eternal hope, can and is only found in Him. And the other part of the story is that for us, we don't actually have everything that we need. That's sometimes why we feel inferior, why we feel as though we are not good enough because apart from Christ we don't have everything that we need. We're not to go on this journey by ourselves in order to find Jesus somewhere over the rainbow at the end and then we finally get to go to this place called heaven. No, the journey is supposed to start here and now. The encounter, not with Oz, but with Christ, isn't some path that we have to, to walk down and we have to pass all of these tests and kill the wicked witch before we can actually come and approach Jesus. No, Jesus comes to approach us right now. Jesus comes into your broken, hurting situation. He comes into your fears, into your worries, into your anxieties, when the, the places where you don't feel strong and courageous, where you feel as though you're not enough, He steps into that. So no matter what your current view of Christ is, He's better. No matter what your current view of yourself is, you're worse. But that's okay, because Colossians 1.27 says, Christ is in you, and that is your hope of glory. Once we realize that when we do pull back the curtain, that He is better, and we are worse, but that He can come and live within us, that He can come and be with us, then all of a sudden it changes our focus, it changes our destination, it changes the journey completely from going on this journey to get something to receiving something from Christ 
and then embarking on this journey with him. So if we are the worstest of me, Christ in me, the hope of glory, not some man behind a curtain. As we approach Easter, the story, the message of Easter is that the curtain was torn. Not by accident, not by someone just coming up and peering at something that we weren't supposed to peer at, but... But God deliberately tore the curtain as Jesus' body was torn because it was signifying that the Spirit, the presence of the living God that once dwelt behind this curtain was now coming out to dwell within you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's okay that you don't have everything that you need. It's okay that you feel inferior. It's okay that you feel as though you're not enough. But the reason that we can be strong and courageous today, the reason that we can have courageous hearts is because Christ has come to live within you. And he is your hope of glory. So we're supposed to meet Christ at the beginning of life. The beginning of this thing called new life. He breathes life into us. And we are born again and we embark on this journey together with him. You see, there are two different types of motivation. One is external and one is internal. And Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion, they're all motivated externally. They're motivated by fear, by guilt, by shame, by the feeling of not being enough. And so they go on this journey to get something because they think, if I can just get that thing, then it will change me from being unacceptable to acceptable. And so the promise of this external thing motivates them externally to move. So fear made them immobile because they thought that they can't. But when the fear of staying the same exceeded the fear of being stuck, they moved. But they moved because of an external promise. And we use external motivations all the time. Clean your room, and then you'll get your allowance. Stop hitting your sister or we won't get to go to McDonald's. Do this job that is not in line with your calling, that is not in line with your purpose, that you're not passionate about, that is not going to do what you're called to do, which is advance the kingdom of God here on earth and we'll pay you $40 an hour. We use external motivations to make us move, to make us do things all the time. We can use them in Christian circles too. We can preach on hell. We can preach on Judgment Day, the second coming of Christ, and give all sorts of prophetic words about how Jesus is coming back and how there's this judgment day and how there's this lake of fire and all of this stuff. And all of that is 100% true. And Jesus did speak on that. 
And I'm not discounting that for one second. But do you know what Jesus preached on far more than Judgment Day and hell and these external motivators that simply get us to move away from this place that we don't want to be? He spoke about the kingdom of heaven coming now. He said it's not just about walking away from hell, it's about walking to something. It's about walking towards the face of God, a God who is loving and provides everything that you could need. He does have a path for us to take, a, a journey for us to embark upon together. And we are going to need a courageous heart in order to fulfill that. But we are going to do it with external motivations that might get us to move in the short term. But once we feel as though we're far enough away from those bad things, we're going to become stuck again. But if there's not just an external motivation, but an internal motivation that draws us to Him, it's going to keep drawing us to Him day after day. When the situations get tough, when the situations get hard, when you fail, when you falter, when you fall. My natural motivation is selfish. My natural motivation is self-seeking. We're motivated to make as much money as we can for the least amount of effort that we can put in. They did a survey of uh, young adults about what they wanted to do, about the calling on their life, about their, their dreams and their aspirations. What was their dream job? And 60% of young adults said that they want to be an entrepreneur. They didn't actually have a dream. They didn't actually have a plan. They didn't say, I want to build this. I want to make, I want to make the world better. I want, to, I want to do something. I want to be a business owner because I want to create this thing. I, I, want, to, I want to invest into people. They didn't say any of that. They just said they want to be an entrepreneur because they think, well, if I can just make money from having an idea and do nothing, that's what I want. That's my motivation in life. 60% of young adults. We're motivated by sex. Again, a study found that... Nine we are motivated, we have desires, but left to ourselves, my motivation, and if you're honest, your motivations, are not going to lead us where we want to go. They're not going to lead us to that, to that place that we are where we are happy and, and healthy and full of life and life eternal. So first we need to change our motivations. We need to change our desires. But how can we do that? That sounds even harder than all the other stuff. Well, we need to first meet him. We need to first encounter him. You see, Hollywood and Disney will tell you 
follow your heart. I think we've got a quote here from a Disney movie, if we can put that up. The rest of the world may follow rules, but I must follow my heart. Sounds poetic. Follow my heart. Follow your heart. But if what's in my heart is selfish and self-seeking and about money and sex and what I can get, then if I follow my heart, maybe Disney doesn't have the best advice. The Bible says the exact opposite thing. In Jeremiah 17 verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Do not say that. Because that's not the end of the story. This, this thing, that the gospel that we're supposed to be out sharing with people is supposed to be good news. This sounds like bad news. But the news is actually far better. We need to accept this truth, this, this reality. But then the Bible goes on to say this, that this... Is not just some fake hope behind a curtain. He didn't just die to make us better. He died to make us new. So, if you're like the tin man, the good news for you today is, if that's been your song, if that's been your story, that you just want to feel more, that you just... You know that your heart's motivation needs to be changed. Well, the good news is, is that when we come to him, we get a heart transplant. Ezekiel 36, starting at verse 25, says, I'll pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and to live by my commands. You once again live in the land I gave your ancestors. You'll be my people. I will be your God. We get heart transplant. Courageous hearts come from him. Scarecrows in the room, if that has been your song, if I only had a brain, if I only knew what to do, God, if I, if I, just, if I knew every right decision to make, I could be that hero. But I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. If that's been your song, I want you to know that the message of the Bible is that we get a brain transplant. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 says, As for us, we really do have the mind of Christ. We can have courageous minds in our decision making. Not because we're smart enough, not because we've learnt enough or studied enough, but we can be courageous in our mind, courageous in our thinking, because He's given us through His Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ. 
that every decision that you have to make, you don't have to know the right answer. You just have to know someone who does. And we do. Amen. We're going to make the right decisions because no longer are we going to be motivated internally by what we can get going out on this journey through life to just work out, I need this, I need that, I need that to be acceptable. But now all of a sudden, because we've received this new heart, because we've received this new mind, now we have everything that we need and we can go out into the world and give. Give others this hope. Allow them to not be stuck in their story. Allow them to not be stuck in their situation, hiding away, cowering away. Because we've been given everything that we need in Christ. So we can go out into the world now, not with this external motivation to get, but with an internal motivation to give. For the cowardly lions in the room, whose song is, if I only had the nerve, I'm not enough. Well, we get courage implants. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, Wicked people run away when no one chases them. But those who live right are as brave as lions. So once we have our new heart, to desire rightly, then we have our new mind to, to think rightly, then we get this new courage to do rightly, to live right. And then, just like Dorothy, we have found our home, not in Kansas or even over the rainbow, but we found our home in the presence of the living God. Now, I know for some of you in this room, you might think, well, I've never experienced anything that you're talking about, Joseph. I haven't experienced that new heart. I haven't experienced that new mind. I haven't experienced that injection of courage that I need to face this world. I, if I had to look around this room and see everybody else and then look at myself there might be a new song for everybody else to sing, but not me. I'm far from God. If you knew what I did, if you knew the thoughts I had, if you knew the fears and the anxiety and the, the pain and the worry that I just go through day after day as that song just sings on, on repeat, you would know that this song is not, this new song, this new life that you're talking about is not for me. that I really am worthless. On earth, he tells these things called parables. These are made-up kind of stories to illustrate a point, a bit like Jesus has the rights to write his own script, to make his own movie just the way that he wanted. Unlimited budget, he can do whatever he wants, he can write whatever he wants, any imaginary tale that he can come up with. And so he tells these things that we call parables to illustrate something that Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth, God of the universe, actually wants to communicate to us. 
So with that all at his disposal, what does he say? What does he think? I mean, having been overseas to different countries, many cultures, I think, have parables, stories that they tell about their own culture. And they have outcomes associated with those parables. So in Cambodia, when we go there, there is a parable that goes, men are like gold, they always have their value. Women are like white cloth. Once they fall to the ground and become dirty, they're good for nothing. And so the outcome of that parable is that we see some of the worst sex trafficking offences anywhere in the world. Going to the villages in Africa, they have a parable, a saying that they say. They say, to get rid of slim, slim is what they call HIV, because when you have HIV, it makes you skinny. So they say, to get rid of slim, you need to go out and sleep with a virgin. So the outcome of that parable is the worst HIV epidemic on the planet. In Australia, we kind of have parables too. Different stories, different sayings. Ours kind of goes, do whatever you feel. But as we've told our young people that, and as we give our young people more and more freedoms at a younger and younger age, we find she will not be right, mate. The outcome is she will be more suicidal, she will be more drug addicted, she will be more medicated, and she will be more depressed than any generation in history. So if God can say anything that he wants, if God can make up any parable that's going to bring an outcome, what does he say to those of you who feel as though you're the furthest person from God in the room right now. He tells three parables about you if you are feeling like that you're the furthest person from God in the room and that none of this applies to you. In Luke 15, 8 to 10, he tells this parable of a lost coin that is searched for and found and celebrated. In Matthew 13, 23, he tells a parable of a seed that when it is planted in good soil, bears a hundredfold increase in fruit. And in Luke 16, 19 to 31, he tells the parable of a rich man who spent his whole life in pursuit of comfort, but ended up with a heart so hard that even the fires of hell could not soften it. But another man called Lazarus, who although he had nothing, although he did nothing of consequence, because he had a heart after God, he inherited eternal life. So why these stories? Why did Jesus... Out of everything that he could have picked, out of everything that he could have written, why these parables 
about you who are feeling far from God? What does he want us to know? What is his desired outcome from people who feel like the tin man, like the scarecrow, like the lion, as though they are worthless, useless, and hopeless? Well, I want to tell you something today. A lost coin is not worthless, just homeless. That lost coin, if he's calling you a lost coin today, he is actually saying your life is not worthless. A lost coin still has its worth. It's just been misplaced. But as soon as you find a home, as soon as that coin is restored to its rightful place, the worth is still there and it is able to be used for the intent that it was originally designed for. An unplanted seed is not useless, just fruitless. A seed that you hold, a a talent that you hold, does not take away from the usefulness of that thing. It no longer becomes useless. Just at the moment when you're holding on to it, when you're in that place of fear, when you're in that place of worry, it's just fruitless. And an unredeemed heart is not hopeless, it's just lifeless. Why is it important for us to know this? Why is it important for those of you who feel as though you're the furthest from God in the room right now? What is the desired outcome that He wants us to know for those of us that have been singing that song over and over again that you are just useless, that you are hopeless, and that you are worthless? He wants you to know if you are that lost coin, desired outcome is that you would be found, that you would find home, and you would discover your worth. For those of you that are unplanted seeds, his desired outcome is that you would be planted in the house, and then you will bear fruit. And for those of you who feel as though you have this unredeemed heart, that your situation is hopeless because your desires are wrong. Or His desired outcome for you is that you would receive new and eternal life when you receive your courageous heart that He is going to place within you. Would you stand? And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for... Everybody who's had that song, your song, you know what it is. The Lord knows what it is. But He's here today to to write a new song, to give you a new song, to place a new heart within you, to place a, a new mind, a new way of thinking within you, to place courage within you, that you can face the challenges, not alone, not earn your way, not have to walk this particular path made of gold, But right now, be in His presence. So dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for everybody in this room right now. 
everybody who feels as though they're not enough, they're worthless, they're useless, they're hopeless. Father, I pray that right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would come. Come, Holy Spirit. Replace that heart of stone. Replace that selfish heart with a new and living heart. A heart that is in line with your will, with your plans, with your purposes. That, Father, where our thoughts have been wrong, that we've been fearing going up to the curtain for, for fearing that you are worse, that you could never measure up to what the Bible says, that you could never measure up to what any preacher says, that our minds would be made new, that we can have right now in this room that someone that walked in with negative thoughts about themselves saying that they are not good enough, that their minds are going to be washed clean with the truth of your word that says we can have the mind of Christ. That as they walk out through those doors, they're going to walk out with a new heart. They're going to walk out with a new way of thinking. And Father, we pray everyone who feels as though they're just not enough, that they don't have the courage, that they don't have what it takes to follow after you. Father, we thank you that you ripped that curtain. You didn't wait for us to make it on this journey to you. You came to us. You busted out of that, that curtain. You busted out of that holy of holies, that holy place to come and make us a holy place, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy church. Lord, with hearts that are going to seek after you, with thoughts that are in line with you, and with actions that show your love to a world and to a community who needs it so desperately. Father, we pray that you would silence the old song that you would give us a new song to sing so let's sing together now church thanks so much for listening if this message resonated with you guys at all head to our website and tell us all about it if not come to church we'd love to see you have a chat and have a coffee see you there